Brother, turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 13. Yeah, it was starting to get real weird around here. God showed up. Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 13. And the word of God reads like this. It says, for when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you. I will surely bless you, and I will greatly multiply you. There's a word right there for 2018, amen. I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And in verse 15, talking about Abraham. We're talking about the promise, the goals, and so having patiently waited, somebody say waited, having patiently waited, he attained the promise. So right here, the word of God is telling us Abraham didn't take a shortcut. Abraham took the long road. He took the hard path. He had to suffer a little bit. He had to sacrifice some. This is having patiently waited. He attained the promise. The last sermon that was shared across this pulpit was about goals. And you see, goals is a practical, realistic way, a realistic approach to obtain something, to progress, to advance, and work towards it with the help of God. And I don't know about you, but I got some goals for 2018. I'm trying to make some progress in 2018. Personally, and ministry-wise. We're trying to build a church. We're trying to grow a church. We're trying to further the ministry. We're trying to reach this community. We're trying to do some awesome things in 2018 with the help of God. So with all that, my title tonight is No Shortcuts. No Shortcuts. And I know all y'all did your homework. Your pastor told you to go write some goals, some short-term goals, some long-term goals. And I know everybody in here did that. Praise the Lord for some obedience in the house of God. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm here to tell you tonight, if you're to progress this year, if you're really to advance something that's going to be a lasting in your life, something that's going to be really worth something, something that's going to have some value, there's no shortcuts to get it this year. There's no shortcuts. So before I go any further, I'd like to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you continue to move in this house, God. Open up the hearts of the people here, God, to receive your word. And allow me to speak from the throne on high, God, and not my own words, Jesus. Allow your anointing to empower me to share your word accurately, rightly, and in a way, God, that can be received by the hearer. Lord, I thank you for everything you're doing at Victory Life. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. And I thank you for what you're doing in my brother's and sister's life here at Victory Life. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. 2018, the year of no shortcuts. Come on, somebody say no shortcuts. Come on, say it again, no shortcuts. I know that's something kind of hard to get fired up about. Because if you're like me, you like to try to find an easy way to get what you want. Whether you got to manipulate or you got to intimidate or whatever you got to do, you're trying to get to where you want to be or get what you want a more comfortable and easier way without less sacrifice. But check this out. Listen, I've tried to take shortcuts in my relationships, and that was, that was a very bad mistake. I've tried to take shortcuts in my calling. I tried to force something, my identity, my calling, I tried to force it, and that was a real bad mistake. I've tried to take shortcuts in my education. I try to take shortcuts in my education, get everybody to do my homework for me. At the end of the day, I can't take the test because I lack the knowledge. I try to take shortcuts in fitness. Take this and take that and this supplement and that supplement. Get strong, get big. And that, that backfired as well. Amen. I try to take shortcuts in my problems. Always looking for an easy way out. Always looking for an easy answer, an easy solution. And guess what, saints? That also ends up backfiring. You see, shortcut 
it looks good, it looks pleasing, it looks more comfortable, it looks like the better path, the better route, but the realistic thing about a shortcut is it always will end up backfiring on you. Every time. And you see, the hard part about rejecting temptation to take a shortcut is we truly believe when we see a shortcut in our life that it will get us to where we want to be or what we want faster, easier, and more comfortable. And the temptation of the shortcut is to fulfill a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. You see, Satan came and he tempted Jesus with shortcuts in the wilderness. Jesus got anointed by the Holy Spirit. I mean, yeah, he got baptized by John. The Holy Spirit fell like a dove. He got anointed by the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days to fast and to pray and to go without food and to suffer and to sacrifice. You know, people got it twisted. They say, God wouldn't lead me to suffer. God wouldn't lead me to sacrifice. But that's not what the Word says. The Word says if we endure with Jesus, if we suffer with Jesus, we will also reign with Jesus. You see, Jesus suffered for us, and he didn't take a shortcut out. He went through some things for us, and he didn't take a shortcut. And guess where Jesus is now? He's seated at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. You can't take a shortcut to exaltation, saints. Satan came and tempted Jesus in the wilderness with shortcuts. You see, Jesus got hungry, and Satan said, well, take a shortcut. You know, turn these stones into bread. You see, he was supposed to bring a kingdom down, but he didn't own anything here in this world. So Satan said, bow down and worship me. I'll give you everything. Take a shortcut, and I'll get it to you faster. And you see, Jesus was in the most lowliest, most humble position he could be in. He was God that came down in the form of man. And not only stopped there, he humbled himself before men. He went the lowest you could go. And Satan said, take a shortcut. Jump off the cliff. Let the angels get you. Show us who you really are. And every time, Jesus denied it. He rejected the shortcuts. And all shortcuts is, taking shortcuts, trying to find an easier way to get in what you want, all it is is it's a result of impatience with the life, with life the way God intended you to live it. Taking shortcuts is a result of impatience with life the way God intended it to be. You don't like the way your life's going, the way God has it set up right now, and so you try and take a shortcut to get somewhere faster. And, of course, Satan comes in our ears and he says, Come on, Christian, just bypass the suffering. Bypass the sacrifice. Just go get the reward. Saints, it's stupid to think we can earn something without putting in the work. It's stupid to think we can always get something for nothing. It's stupid to think we can get somewhere without paying the price to go the distance. Shortcuts don't end in success. All they do is give you your moment. That moment of getting what you want or being where you want to be, but it doesn't last. It's temporary. You see, you could find a shortcut to getting a wife. You could rush into marriage. And then a little later, you could find out that that wife wasn't ready for marriage. You may find a shortcut to getting money. You may win the lottery. But you may find yourself in all kinds of debt years later because you never learned how to manage the money. You may find a shortcut to getting whatever you want. But the question is, have you been prepared to handle it? You may find a shortcut to getting to where you want. But do you possess the character to stay there? And we all know that we can find shortcuts to pleasure and happiness. But will they last? Will they last? And most often than not, the shortcut that you take requires you to put your trust in yourself, not God. We all want something. We all have desires. We all want to be somewhere. We all want to do great things. We all want purpose. We want to get this, you know, we want to progress. We want to advance. But a shortcut requires you to trust yourself to get you there and not to trust God. You see, God never said it. it's, it's, it's uh, your responsibility to get there or make it happen. It's his responsibility to get there, get you there or make it happen. All you've got to do is trust him along the way. So number one, my first point, there are no shortcuts to God's promises. There are no shortcuts to God's promises. Genesis 16, verse 1. I'm going to be talking about Abram and Sarah. And we all know that In Genesis, Abram and Sarah, they were promised a son. 
Genesis 15, Abram was promised a son. And the Lord told Abram, through this son, you're going to have a son, and you're not only going to have a son, through this son, we are going to, we are going to multiply your descendants more numerous than the stars. You're blessing, you're going to be the most blessed man on earth. Everyone from, from decades later, centuries later, is going to remember your name. The blessing is going to come through you, Abraham. Abram, and, you know, they, they received the promise, they got the promise, and we pick up here in Genesis 16, 1, and the Word of God reads, it says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Isn't that something? That we, we, we understand the promise and we receive the promise, but we don't have it yet. And where we're at contradicts what God told us is going to happen and where we're going to be. And so because we're not there when we want to be there or we don't got what we want in the time we get it, we begin to say, oh, the Lord's not going to do it. The Lord's prevented me from getting it. We begin to speak doubt and unbelief. Just like Hagar right here, the Lord's prevented me from bearing children. Nobody ever said that. It's just not coming in the time you want it. And please go to my maid. Perhaps I will attain children through her. And Abram, listen to the voice of Sarah. He stopped listening to the voice of God, and he started listening to the voice of Sarah. So what is Abram trying to do? Abram's trying to take a shortcut. He's trying to get a son. He's trying to birth a son. He's trying to, trying to pop a son out. He's trying to hurry up and birth, birth that sucker. But it's funny that when we don't get what we want, when we want it or how we want it, we begin to question if God is really going to help us get it. You see, some of us sometimes we act like spoiled little children. God says not yet, and we take it as a no, and we throw a fit. The promise was given in the chapter before. The Lord already told Abraham he was going to bear a son and be greatly blessed through him. And the Lord knew that he was married to Sarai. He knew Sarai's condition. He knew Sarai's age. But that didn't matter when it comes to the promise of the Lord. God knows your situation. God knows that your life may be contradicting his promises that he's spoken over you. But you ain't got to go by what you see. You see, you have to have faith in what he said. There are no shortcuts to God's promises. And what happened is Abraham and Sarah, they began to rationalize because of their age. And they came to the conclusion that they had to make it happen their way. They began, to, they began to reason and look at their situation and look what's going on. And they knew the desires they had and the promises God had for them. And they decided that they had to get there or make it happen their way. What I'm really saying is they had faith in the promise, but they didn't have faith in the process. They knew God, God could bless and they knew the blessings of God and they knew the promises of God. And they knew God had purposed them and called them. But they didn't trust the process to allow God to get them there. And if God promised it, it will happen. And can I give you a nugget tonight? If you don't honor the process, God won't honor the promise. If you don't honor the process, and listen, I can attest to that. I've had promises in my life and I tried to go get it, come back with it. Even when God said, son, it's not that time, it's not yet, I said, God, it is that time. I am ready to do more. I'm ready to go get it. I'm ready to have it. And I did whatever was in my power. I manipulated, intimidated, I schemed, I lied. I did whatever I had to do to get what I wanted. And when I got it, guess what? I couldn't keep it because the character I needed to keep it wasn't in me. If you don't honor the process, God won't honor the promise. We all want to serve God. Oh, you want to do something great for God? Me too. Oh, you want the promises of God? Me too. Oh, you want to live the life that Jesus was talking about, the abundant life? Well, guess what? We do too. But there's a route you have to take. And Jesus, Jesus said it. He said, listen, there's a road that a lot of people are going to take. And that, that road's broad. And that gate, that gate's wide. And he's in, there's another scripture that says, listen, there's a way that looks right. It looks right to man. It looks right. But the end thereof is destruction. The end thereof is destruction. It looks like, you know, it's the right thing to do to get what we want to get there. But the end thereof is destruction. Yes, God is calling you to it, brothers. Yes, God is calling you to it, sisters. 
but there's a process in order to get it. They had faith in the promise, but they didn't have faith in the process. And check this out. Ignoring God and working problems out in your own strength, your own wisdom, your own religion, your own self, guess what? It only makes bad problems worse. Trying to work out your situations, your problems, and your own strength, it only makes bad problems worse. And what you desire is not a problem. This is, you know, all the time in the home. You know, you get you people that get frustrated because they don't have their desires in this. And they say, well, God wants me to suffer and God don't want me to have it. And I'm never going to have nothing good. That's not true. God's the one that places the desires in your heart. You have a desire to want a family. Well, God's the one that has given you that desire. You have a desire to preach the gospel. God is the one who's put that desire in you. But there's a process to get it. There's a process to get there. What you desire is not the problem. But how are you going about getting it? How are you going about getting it? And in Genesis 18, Genesis 18 starting in verse 9, we pick up a more of the story of Abraham and Sarah. Genesis 18, 9 through 14. And the word of God reads, And then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, they're in the tent. God's coming down himself to speak because he sees they're troubled. They try to take a shortcut, so he's got to come down and fix some stuff, put some stuff right. Anybody in here ever took a shortcut and God had to come down and set you straight again? And in verse 10, he said, I will surely return to you this time next year. Sarah, your wife, your wife, Sarah, she will have a son. She will have a son. And Sarah was listening. Check this out. Sarah was listening to what God was going to do and how he was going to do it and the process to bring it to him. Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Her situation, God had given them an impossible situation. And you know what Sarah did when God came and told them that she was going to bear a son? You know what Sarah did right here? She began to laugh. And then she said, after I've become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, in being, uh, having a son and being uh, old also? You know what she's doing right here? God came down and said, listen, Sarah, I've, I've promised you're having a son, and this is the process to go about it. You and Abram are old, but it's going to happen. And Sarah overheard it, and because of her doubt and unbelief, she began to mock God. She began to mock God. And sometimes we do the same thing. We mock God's way of preparing us or his way of giving us the promise. Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? Verse 14, is there anything too difficult for the Lord? I remember the time in, in, in my walk, in my training, in my discipleship, where a lot of people spoke against what was going on in my life. They said, you're never going to become a pastor that way. You're never going to start preaching the gospel that way. You're never going to be successful that way. You're never going to advance going that way. And I sucked it up. I sacrificed. I surrendered. And I allowed God to get me to where I am today. And I am successful. Hallelujah. Because I trusted the process. And on the outset, the process didn't look right. The process, how is he going to get there by sacrificing and surrendering and, and, and going through that? How is he going to get to where he's talking about with doing what he's doing? Because the process that God has for you to get to where you are, it don't seem right to the logic. It don't seem right to the reasoning. Sarah and Abram, they were beginning to doubt God. They're saying, man, God, that's not going to happen. There's no way that could happen. We're already past. We're too old. We're too old. That's what they were saying. They're saying we're too old to trust the process. Ooh. They're saying we're too old to trust the process. The process is for them young people. We're too old in the game to trust the process. We can't trust the process. God's way of getting Abram to the promise wasn't the way that Abraham had thought. And you know, there's a lot of medications today, and they bring they bring uh, promises, right? Weight loss supplements. Weight loss medications, all kinds of different creatines and, and different supplements. 
And, you know, you see them all the time on TV and they advertise it. You know, this medication will do this and do that and do this and do that. And at the bottom of the screen, you see this small print. And it's a whole lot of wording. In that small print, it says, it says, well, you know, this medication, it brings weight loss, but you'll have headaches and cramps and itchy feet and you won't be able to sleep and you can't, you can't drink milk and you can't eat shellfish and you're going to be irritable and, and you this and that and that. There's small print. You see, you see it as a shortcut, but you got to read the small print. And so the next time Satan comes to you and tries to divert you from going into sacrificing something for God, you need to read the small print because there's some side effects that come with taking shortcuts. And some of us today, we're experiencing side effects from taking a shortcut. There's some things going on in our life that God never intended us for have to deal with. But because we took a shortcut and wouldn't go the way God wanted us to go, we're dealing with some side effects. Somebody say side effects. We got some side effects going on for some shortcuts. I'm tired of dealing with side effects. I'm tired of it. If I got to cook my meal, three different meals a day, a week ahead, whatever I got to do to not take that pill that's going to give me a headache. It's more discipline. It's more sacrifice. But it's worth it. You hear it all the time around here. Anything worth having, you're going to have to bleed, sweat, and put some effort for it. Some of us dealing with some side effects. Why? Because we took some shortcuts. You see, we may be thinking we're getting what we want, but at what cost? You may be thinking you're getting, you know, what cost? Okay, your finances are bad. And so you decide to go get a 14-hour job. And you start working a 14-hour job. And you got your kids at home. And you're putting in the effort. You're sacrificing over here. And you, you think you found a shortcut to get more money to be in a better spot financially. But those extra hours you're putting in, that shortcut you're doing to get more money, and now you're losing on the time that you should be raising your children. And now you've gotten what you want, you're where you want to be, but at what cost did you pay to get it? Side effects. Side effects from the shortcuts. Help us, Jesus. But people say, well, that's not true. I've already surrendered. I don't understand why I can't have what I want. I'm not waiting no more. Okay, if you've already surrendered, but God still has a work to do in you and for you, then what's the issue? Because you're surrendered, right? You see, the ultimate test of seeing if you're really surrendered to the will of God is how do you deal with waiting? You can say you have all the faith in the world. You can say that God has just developed you into an awesome, holy, righteous man or woman. And you're just like Jesus. Just the word in the flesh. But when you don't get what you want and you throw a fit and you try to go another way about getting it, do you really possess the character you speak of? Because the ultimate test to see if you really are surrendered to Jesus and have the faith that you say you have is waiting. Is waiting. Waiting is the ultimate test. Waiting is the ultimate test. And if you're truly surrendered and you're truly trusting and relying on God, you won't have no problem with waiting. You won't have no problem with waiting because you know that your life is in the hands of an almighty God who for, has foreknowledge. He can see things before and after. He can see things that we don't see ahead. And your life is in His hands. You see, when you take shortcuts, you can only get what you can do. You can only, you can only rely and trust and depend on self. And you're only going to get as far as self can take you. But when you surrender your life to Jesus... When you give your life to the hands of an almighty God, then you start tapping into some supernatural wisdom, some supernatural strength, some supernatural grace. Then you can go as far as God can take you, and he can take you far. He can take you far. We really got to stop trusting in self, amen? Check this out. I don't even really, I don't even really, I'm not into getting good stuff. I'm not even get into getting good things without paying an appropriate price for it. You know, me and Bobby, we, you know, we always, uh, we're real competitive with each other. You know, he'll go and get something, and I'll have to go and get something a little bigger. 
and he'll go get something a little longer, and I'll have to go get something a little wider. And we're, you know, we're competitive. And right now we're kind of into collecting colognes. We're like cologne connoisseurs, right? And so we're searching the Internet for all these different types of colognes, and there's these different types and these different strengths. And I'm learning a whole lot, and I've spoken to some of you in the church, and I'm learning a whole lot. And there's actually there's different concentrations of colognes, right? There's Edu cologne, which is the weakest. There's Edu toilette, you know, which is the medium strength. And then there's something called Edu Parfum. And this Edu Parfum, it is the strongest concentration of cologne there is. You spray one squirt of that sucker, it'll last 12 hours. I mean, this stuff is strong, and it hits you. You walk in, and people are like, man, you smell good. It's the real deal. It's the strongest concentration. I'm saying it's the good stuff. And so you search the Internet... And you see, you see all these parfums, eighty parfum, eighty parfum, and you're like, man, this is so cheap. You get it so cheap, twenty dollars, thirty dollars. You go to Macy's, and it's like a hundred bucks. It's like a hundred bucks. You go to the dealers, it's like hundred and fifty bucks. And you online, you get it so cheap. And so we got this cologne from online, and when we get it, it smells funny. And you spray it, and it only lasts about 20, 30 minutes. And so we're sitting here. And we're looking at the bottle, and the bottle has different wording than the other bottles do at Macy's. And we're looking, and we're saying, what in the world? Right? What in the world? Because what they do is they take these colognes, these empty and used, unused bottles, and they put more alcohol in it, and they put just a little bit of own cologne in it, and they try and stretch it. Anybody know anything about cutting it? Uh, <laughs> I got the right crowd tonight. They try to cut the cologne. They try to stretch it. They try to get more money, right, for less concentration. Can I tell you something tonight? I'm tired of taking shortcuts. You see, I want the Edu Parfum anointing. I'm talking, I want to be so concentrated. I want to be so full of anointing that it lasts all day, all week. I want to go to a church service that ain't handing out shortcuts or fake anointings or Edu toilets. I want an Edu Parfum up in my life. But you can't take a shortcut to get it. You can't take a shortcut to get it. That Edu Parfum, you're going to have to pay the price. You're going to have to go to Macy's and pay the 150 And you might have to pay tax too. You're going to have to pay the price to get the right concentration. Jesus had to pay a price. Jesus gave his whole life. Well, Jesus saves yeah, he does. I had somebody one time, they used to always spending the money, spending the money. Hey, man, you're about to get married. You need to save your money. Jesus saved so I don't have to. What? Right? That don't make sense. Yeah, Jesus does save. And salvation is free. But can I let you in on a secret? If you're talking about following Jesus, sanctification costs you your whole life. Salvation's free. Sanctification costs your whole life. Everything you are. All your dreams, your desires, everything, your gifts, your talents, everything. It costs your whole life. There's no shortcuts to discipleship. If you're coming to Victory Life, you're coming into the ministry, you're coming to be discipled, there ain't no shortcuts. So go ahead and get it out your mind. There ain't no shortcuts. This is all bit of your life every day, every moment, every hour. I'm talking, we're waking up at 6 a.m. and we're going straight to hitting our knees. This is an everyday thing. And for you people in the church, guess what? If you catch that, you got something. This is an everyday thing. This ain't just a Wednesday night, Sunday morning Christianity. Let me tell you something. Our devil, he don't just work on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. He works seven days a week, 365 days a year. So if you're trying to fight a seven-day week devil with a twice-a-week worship service, you are always going to lose. How are you going to come to work two days out of the week? The devil shows up all seven. The devil shows up all seven days of the week. You're talking about you came to church Wednesday night. I don't know, I don't know why I'm having crazy thoughts. If you haven't been praying and you walk in this building, boy, it's going to get real weird until that anointing drops. And then we all feel normal again. This is pressing in to get there, right? So do you want that Edo toilet, saints? Or you want that parfum? You want that fully concentrated anointing? Or you want that fake stuff? 
Because if you just want that fake stuff, you ain't really got to pay a price. If you want that fake stuff, you ain't got to pay a price. But if you want that parfum, if you want that fully concentrated Christianity, you want that 100% concentrated parfum life, that anointing, you're going to have to pay a price. You're going to have to pay a price. So number one, there's no shortcuts to God's promises. Number two, there are no shortcuts in your destiny. There are no shortcuts in your destiny. Saints, your destiny requires you to go through a process, not trying to find the easiest and fastest way to get to where you want to be. Your destiny requires you to go through some stuff. I was telling the men in the home last night, okay, you got gifts, you got talents, you got experience, that's cool, but you're going to catch me serving around people that's been through some stuff. You got to get tested around here. You got to go through some fire around here. Pastor Raymond let me let me re- on real quick when I came in. Okay, cool. You're a little smart. You think you're cool? All right. Get out there and pick weeds. Get out there and dig a hole. Get out there and go through some stuff. And guess what? God got me through it. God got me through it. And I stand here today and I'm so thankful for the training and the discipleship that I went through through Victory Life. Man, it was hard when I was going through it. It was tough when I was going through it. It didn't always make sense. And it got real weird sometimes. But let me tell you, it was worth every bit of it. It was worth every bit of it. I stand back today sometimes and I'm like, how am I so blessed? That don't even make sense how blessed I am. It don't make sense. But guess what? Nothing up to this point had made sense. So, okay, I'll agree and I'll accept it. Amen? Your destiny requires you to go through a process, not just trying to find the easiest way out. You know Abram's name? Abram's name meant father. And then Abraham, you know, God added the ha. Hebrew it means life. God added life to Abram, right? Abraham, he added life to him. Abraham's name, you know what it was translated in Hebrew, you know what it means? It means father of many nations. His name means father of many nations. Could you imagine showing up, you know, to the to the social gathering? And you're, you know, you're, yeah, I'm Abraham. Hey, there's Abraham. Everybody sees you. What's up, Abraham? And you're feeling weird as all get out. Because your name means father of many nations and you ain't got one son. I mean, you're kind of feeling stupid. Abraham, father of many nations. You got people in the background. His name means father of many nations. He ain't got one son. Does he need to rename himself? What is that about? Right? I can imagine Abraham. I feel Abraham because I've been there telling people all the great things God's going to do through me and where I'm going to get and all the people that doubted, made me insecure, tried to put unbelief on my life through the process that God had for me. Well, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Abraham, father of many nations. And I believe God's just getting started with victory life. I believe where God wants to take us is going to be so big, so radical. There's going to be people all over Texas coming around to see what God's doing here at Victory Life. I mean, father of many nations. The blessings that's going to flow down from heaven, an open window that's going to be here at Victory Life. But the question is, do you doubt the process to get there? Do you doubt the process to grow this thing? Do you doubt the process to further this thing? That's okay if you do because you're surrounded by a few men of God who don't doubt it. And know that we will get there. Come on, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. What he was called was nothing compared to where he was in life. You ever felt like that? You knew God was going to do something through you. You felt it. In your inner man, your inner woman, you knew, you knew God had something great for you to do. You knew God wanted to use your life. You could feel it. There's something you just feel different. Your whole life you felt it. I mean, I, I know I'm meant to do something special for God. But you never see it. In all your situations, your life, it contradicts what you feel on the inside and what God's promised you, what God's told you. Where he was at was nothing compared to where he was going. And I'm sure Abraham, he was ready to have the reputation of being father of many nations. And he probably had people mocking him because he told people what God said he was going to do and where he was going to be and what he was going to have. And Abram and Sarah... Their excuse for taking a shortcut was we're too old to trust the process. Let me tell you something tonight. You're never too old to trust the process to allow God to bring a blessing or a promise in your life. You can never get too old. Sarah and Abraham, they were pushing 100, 105, right? 100, 105, and God still birthed a son through them. God wanted to see if they would trust the process even in their old age. Will you trust the process even in your old age? 
Even when you've been around ministry a while and you've seen how stuff didn't work out for other people and you see how the process was for other people, will you still trust the process that God has for you to bring the promises into your life? Or will you be like Abraham and try and find a shortcut? Try and take a shortcut. Because you remember he birthed Ishmael. You know what he said to Ishmael? God told Abraham that he had to tell Ishmael to wander in the wilderness for the rest of his life. Could you imagine a father looking at his son and saying, son, you can't stay here any longer. I never want to see you again. Now wander in the wilderness for the rest of your life. You see, Abraham created a situation that was really hard and difficult for himself because he tried to take a shortcut to God's promise. We don't want to take no shortcuts, saints. We don't want to take no shortcuts. And it reminds me of Peter. When he was in the boat and they saw Jesus, they thought he was a ghost. They got startled. They saw Jesus. And Jesus came onto the boat and he said, Peter. And he said, yes, Lord. And he said, come out here and walk to me. And at that moment, Peter had to look at the water and everything he knew about water. To this day, he had to forget all of it. He had to forget about sinking. He had to forget about that you can't stand on water. He had to forget everything that he's known about water to this day. And he forgot it all and he focused on what Jesus said because the word of God is the only thing that's going to get you through your impossible situation. He, he focused on the words of Jesus. He stepped out of the boat and to this day he's the second man only to walk on water. Because he forgot, he, 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 he didn't focus on anything he knew about water. Some of you have been around ministry. You've seen other processes. You need to stop focusing on processes of other people and how this thing has gone in the past. Jesus said he has a promise for you. He has a great calling on your life. Trust in the word of God in your impossible situation. And I can tell you about a man who did trust the process. His name's Joseph. Go to Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. We all know the story of Joseph. Joseph had a dream, and he understood his destiny, but he was just starting the process to get there. He had a dream. He had a vision. He felt a great purpose in his life, and he went around his brothers, and he shared the great vision. He shared the great dream, and he shared the great purpose, and all his brothers around him mocked him. They mocked him. They said, God's not going to do it. Joseph had a dream, he had vision, he knew his purpose. And right here, and this is the end of the story, after the process, but Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? And we, everyone always recites this scripture right here. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring about the present result to preserve many people alive. Let me tell you something, the process that God has for you, it's to prepare you to where he's going to exalt you so he, you can be used to save many people. If you're trying to take a shortcut to where God wants you to be, you know there's going to be other people in this world that's going to that's gonna, uh, suffer from it. God's trying to develop your character to exalt you to a certain position to be used for his kingdom. And if you take a shortcut on the process and try to just take a shortcut and get there, you're not going to have the character needed to get all those people saved and reach them for the kingdom of God. So we need to keep this in mind when we're trying to take shortcuts. We're not the only people that's going to suffer from it. we got to go through this process. Get out of self and understand God has a great task for you to help other people. But Joseph had a process. You see, Joseph was plotted on by his brothers. Joseph was stripped of everything. Joseph was thrown into a pit. Joseph was sold into slavery. Joseph became a servant to leaders in Egypt. Joseph was exalted. He was exalted, raised up, and then he was stripped of his position and humbled and brought low again. Joseph was lied on. Joseph was falsely accused. Joseph was even thrown into prison for doing the right thing in a sinful temptation. Joseph then after all this stuff, finally reached his destination to the ruler in Egypt where God has destined him to be. And because he went through the process, his character was developed to allow him to make the right decisions to where God wanted to exalt him at. And when his brothers came to him, what did he say? He said, you meant it for, for evil, but I know God meant this process for good. 
I knew God meant everything I've been going through, everything I've been through, God meant it for good to prepare me for this day. Because what God promised over your life, it will happen. Don't doubt it. It will happen. But there's a process you have to take to get there. There's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. Come on, say no shortcuts. And don't try and skip the season you're in. There's a reason you were there. We all try to, you know, we get a little suffering. It gets a little hard. It gets a little tough. And we want to, you know, we want privilege and we want freedom. We want to we be exalted. We want to be further along, right? And we want to get out of this season. But little did you know, right, becoming a shepherd of sheep was what's teaching you to be a king to the people. Learning to shepherd the sheep was teaching you to be a king to the people. King David was King David, right? He was King David long before he was in the palace. King David was King David long before he was in the palace. But David was the man who understood the process of God and the anointing of God. Even though David had the anointing, and it was already told him, it was already prophesied over his life, it was already put on his life, guess what? You know what David did? Samuel came and he poured the oil on and he said, you are anointed by God. You are the next king of Israel. God's going to use your life. You're going to do great things. And I bet Samuel, I mean, uh, David was pumped up. He was like, whoa, yeah, God's going to do great stuff. I'm anointed. Whoa, yeah. And you know what he did? He turned away and he started picking up sheep crap in the field. He went back to the field and kept tending to the sheep. And God saved him from the lion. God saved him from the bear. And he learned no matter what enemy he faced, God was with him. He was out in the field just tending to the sheep, picking up sheep crap. Picking up sheep boo-boo. And that's what's prepared him to be the king when he was exalted to kingship. Come on now. Imagine it, if you're elevated to a position, but you skipped the training for the position. Imagine if you're elevated to a position, but you skipped the training for the position. That's like going through college and getting all the girls to do all your homework. And you're trying to get a doctorate in medicine and whatever else. You're trying to become a doctor and your first day at work, you don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. You got to where you wanted, but you have no idea what to do once you're there. Why? Because you skipped the process. You skipped the training. And some of you in here right now, God has gifted you in such an, a major and awesome way. God has given you a calling on your life. Some of you know it. You feel it. When you hear men inspired by the Holy Spirit preach, when you're in worship service, when you're in prayer, you feel God tugging on your heart to do something great for his kingdom. But I'm going to tell you today, you don't want to get to where he wants you to be without first going through the training. You don't want, you don't want that. You don't want to have that, them same flaws and failures and mistakes when you're exalted. Because it's going to be more than just you that suffers from it. There's no shortcuts over here. There's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. I'm wrapping it up. Worship team, you can come up. Holiness, sanctification, and pastor preached this, he preached it last service, but I wrote it down before he preached it. Holiness, sanctification, it never comes from dipping into it. You never become the person God's intended you to be just by going along with a throng, just going along. It takes grace-driven action and focus to become the man or the woman God's called you to be. It don't come from just drifting. Amen? It don't come from just drifting. You've got to be intentional about it. And let 2018, right now, right now, let 2018 be the year that you focus on becoming the man or woman of God that he's called you to be. Let's just this one year, out of all of the rest of the years you've got to live, let's this one year stop focusing on trying to get this and get that and get there and have this. Let's focus this year, 2018, on becoming the man or the woman that God has called us to be. Let's focus 2018. Let 2018 be the year that we focus on it. Becoming. Becoming. We all focus on beginning. Beginning. Let's focus on becoming. Say it with me. Becoming. 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 Let's focus on becoming. And number three, uh, number three, 
there are no shortcuts to Jesus. Boaz. Matthew 16, verse 24. Matthew 16, verse 24. And then Jesus said to his disciples, I got any disciples in the house tonight? Then Jesus said to his disciples, so he's telling you, he's telling y'all, everybody that, you know, believe in your heart, you're a disciple, he's, he's talking to you. He said, if anyone wishes to come after me, a lot of people come to Jesus, but if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Like I said before, salvation was paid for by Jesus, but sanctification, that requires you to pay a price. And it's your whole life, your whole being, your everything. But I'm telling you, it's such a, it's such a struggle and it's such a fight to get to the other side because we want to live life our way and we, don't, we want to hang on to some ungodly habits and we don't want to give up certain stuff for God and we don't want to have to be humbled and we don't want to have to do all this stuff. But when you get to the other side and you realize the stuff you had given up was nothing compared to what God has given you, you are going to wish you surrendered a long time ago. You are going to wish you surrendered a long time ago. I'm telling you, God is good. America, you know, America wants a cheap gospel. They want a Red Bull gospel. You really like Red Bull? I like Red Bull, but I don't like a Red Bull gospel. You know, that Red Bull gospel will get you fired up. You know, get you get you excited. And then you crash. And you're right back where you were. You see, America, we want a Red Bull gospel. A cheap gospel. Can I tell you something, though? Here, you ain't going to get a Red Bull gospel. You ain't going to get a cheap gospel. And so guess what? If I have enough love for you to correct you when you're wrong, you should appreciate that. If you have a pastor that's willing to confront your sin in your life, not worried about how you feel about it, you should be grateful for that. There is a lot of pastors in America right now that as long as you put money in that basket, they don't care how you live. They don't care how you live. But around here, though, we require you to apply the word that's been spoken into your life. More than mere hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Amen? We're raising up doers around here. We're not raising up just hearers. Anybody can come to church and listen to the word. Shout hallelujah. Amen, brother. But it takes a real follower of Jesus to apply the word. Quit thinking everything's free. And quit trying to find the fastest way to get what you want. Tonight, y'all need to determine to say, this year, I'm, I'm going to count the cost and I'm going to pay the price. And I know to where I need to be, where God wants to take me, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. I'm going to have to give stuff up. I'm going to have to go through stuff. It's not always going to work out the way I want it to work out. This year, I'm, I'm going to let God take me. I'm going to trust in His strength. I'm going to rely on His power. You can't have the world and Jesus. You cannot come to Jesus and live the life He purposed for you without forsaking ungodliness and sinful behaviors. There are no crown wearers in heaven that weren't cross bearers here on earth. Hebrews 12.2. You can stand to your feet tonight, dimming lights. Hebrews 12.2. Let this be the year that we swear off shortcuts, saints. Swear them all off. We ain't taking a shortcut. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be tough. I'm counting the cost, and I'm prepared to pay it. The writer of Hebrews, he said this, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's what we're all about to do together as they lead us in worship. We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus tonight. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now he's sitting at the right hand of God. You see, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he said, God, if you got a shortcut for me, let me take it. If there's a price I don't have to pay, don't make me pay it. And God turned his head and he said, Jesus, son, you got to go to the cross. There's no shortcut. You got to pay the price. You got to suffer. You got to sacrifice. You got to take the long road. And if you're going to get everything that God has for you in this life, you got to swear off every shortcut 
decide to take the long road. I praise tonight somebody changes their mind and they decide to go all the way and pay the price. Come on, let's come after Jesus tonight.